it's that time again. Time for the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And let's get started and talk Wyoming Cowboy Football. All right, all right, all right. Yes, indeed. It is the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And uh, we've got a couple of distinguished guests. Of course, Ian McMacken from Go IO Go is here. Uh, hello, Ian. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, this podcast leading into that huge game with Boise State. So it uh, sounds like the weather's going to be fairly decent out there with Cody making that long drive on I-80 I to get out there. So let's hope for a big victory. And uh, we've got Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports. Cody, uh, welcome to the roundtable. How are you doing tonight? Uh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Doing great, man. Just uh, eager like I am to get this game get this game going, man. I'm, I'm ready for some football. It feels like forever. Yeah, bye weeks uh, really just kind of put a damper on the old football enthusiasm. But uh, I tell you, Wyoming needed it with uh, Sean Chambers injured and uh, – and Tyler Vanderwall coming in for him. Uh, it's going to be kind of a tense time having to travel up there to uh, Smurfville, uh, otherwise known as Boise. Uh, so, man, that is um, that is the situation right now. But since we did have a bye week, and two weeks ago, Wyoming had a game, and uh, you know it was uh, the outcome was pretty good. That's right. The Wyoming Cowboys were victorious over Nevada. 31 to 3. And so, fantastic game. Uh, Cody, I was going to defer to you since uh, you were there and covering it. Uh, it was kind of a workmanlike uh, performance for the Cowboys. Yeah, they uh, they really played uh, well on all facets of the ball, including Cooper Roth and uh, Austin Conway on special teams. It was just a great all-around effort. Uh, <clears throat> the unfortunate thing about Sean being hurt now is he really was starting to click with the uh, receivers on Saturday. And Rocket Ishmael had a heck of a game, I believe four catches for 96 yards. Uh, Could have had a couple more. So it was good to see those guys click in. Uh, obviously, a touchdown on the first play from scrimmage is always helpful. And, uh, yeah, they looked really good. Well, I tell you, it um, it was a workmanlike performance. Um, uh, the contest was never really in doubt. Uh, Nevada never really threatened. Um, and again, like you said, the Cowboys uh, showed a little more efficiency on the pass game. And uh, uh, even Vanderwall, he hit a long one here um, for the game. I tell you what, let's uh, let's take a four minute review of the game. I did a play by play, and we've got uh, we've got all the uh, pertinent calls by Mr. Dave Walsh. Let's play that. The Wyoming Cowboys became bowl eligible Saturday, October 26th, by defeating the Nevada Wolfpack 31-3 in War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. The game saw the Cowboys rack up 24 points in the first half behind the running of sophomore running back Xavier Valaday and redshirt freshman quarterback Sean Chambers and a 37-yard TD pass reception by wide receiver Rahib Ishmael Jr., Wyoming kicker Cooper Roth added three points with a 20-yard field goal in the second quarter. 
Wyoming struck first on a 53-yard pass from Sean Chambers to Valaday with 13-14 remaining in the first quarter. In the shotgun, Chambers, he's surrounded by three backs. He fakes it to one, wants to throw over the middle. He's got a man. This is caught by Valaday to the 10. He's to the 5. He's in. That's a touchdown, Cowboys. Following the extra point, Wyoming led 7-0. Wyoming quarterback Chambers added seven points on their next possession on a two-yard run. He's got Miller, the up back, Valaday, the deep back in the eye. Chambers takes the snap, turns, fakes the give, rolling right. Chambers going to keep it himself and try for the end zone. He's in. Touchdown, Cowboys. Following the extra point, Wyoming led 14 to nothing with 8.49 left in the first quarter. The Wolfpack got on the scoreboard with 2.21 remaining in the first quarter with a 38-yard field goal to make the score Wyoming 14, Nevada 3. The Pokes closed out their scoring in the first half on a 37-yard pass from Chambers to Rocket Jr. with 9.28 remaining in the third quarter. Out of the shotgun, Vanderwall looking downfield and throws. He's got his smile. This is caught. That's a touchdown, Cowboys! Chambers to Ismail for the touchdown. After the extra point, the score was Wyoming 21, Nevada 3, going into the locker room for the intermission. Wyoming starting quarterback Sean Chambers was sidelined with a leg injury and did not appear in the second half. Backup quarterback sophomore Tyler Vanderwall took over the signal calling duties in the second half. The Cowboys added their third and final score at the 11.54 mark in the third quarter on a 25-yard pass from Vanderwall to redshirt freshman Jackson Marcotte. Valadez is a deep back in the offset eye. Fake it to him. Vanderwall to throw. He's got a man. This is caught into the end zone. Touchdown, Cowboys. Well. Marcotte with the catch, and the redshirt freshman, the tight end, takes it in for the score. After the extra point, the score was Wyoming 31, Nevada 3. The Pokes held the Wolfpack at bay for the rest of the game, with the score remaining 31-3 Wyoming. The voice of the Cowboys, Dave Walsh, had the final call. So number 20 to carry the ball for the last time in this game is over. The Cowboys have won their sixth game of the year. They are now 3-1 and one in conference play and the final score oh the score wyoming 31 nevada 3. the victory made wyoming bowl eligible for the fourth year in a row after a bye week after a bye week the cowboys will travel to boise idaho to take on the boise state broncos in a contest to be nationally broadcast by espn at 8:15 p.m mountain time we wish to thank Dave Walsh, the University of Wyoming, and Learfield IMG for permission to use the calls of the game. For the Cowboy Roundtable, I'm Jeff Fry reporting. So that was the uh, play-by-play. Uh, of course, you were there, and Cody. And um, uh, like I said, a workmanlike game. Uh, what do you think of these play-by-plays? Is uh, I know I know I messed up one time in there, but um, uh, nice recap of the game. I hope. Yeah, I think it's good. I'm, I enjoy them, and I think hopefully the people listening in enjoy them. It's always good to listen back, uh, listen because I'm watching the game. I'm at the game. 
I don't usually have an opportunity to hear Dave uh, Kevin do these games now, but it's always good to kind of replay the game back and hear what old how Dave announces it because that's always pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. And and talking to a lot of the former players, they they all bring up how great it is to hear Dave's call, and and it never gets old. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. He's been at it for a while, him and Kevin. So uh, we always appreciate their efforts. Uh, so I guess there's not much more we can say about the Nevada game other than the uh, injury. Uh, anything else you can add to it, Cody? Um, yeah, the injury, I, I honestly think, Jeff, the, the injury happened against New Mexico. Uh, Tyler, uh, Sean, excuse me, got rolled up on during his first sack. And and if you remember against New Mexico, he broke a 40-yard run, but that's usually one he takes to the house, but he got caught at the 11. Um, and after the game, he did stand behind the podium and tell us that his, his legs were bothering him. So uh, that, that score, that second score of the game that Dave called uh, – he went barreling into the end zone, and uh, that's when he took the big brunt of the big hit from a Nevada defender and ended up under the tent, uh, the medical tent over on the Wyoming sideline. So um, sad to see Sean go. He's a hell of a competitor and a really good kid, and, and he's a winner. You know, he's 9-2 and two in his 11 starts, and, uh, you know, the Cowboys are going to miss a lot of his intangibles. Now, uh, has the university ever come out with an exact uh... – prognosis of what his injury is or uh, I haven't seen anything myself. Uh, Craig Bull said during his press conference on Monday that it was some cartilage repair, uh, nothing structural, he says. So uh, yeah, just some cartilage. They had to go in and, and do more. I guess the initial MRI didn't uh, didn't reveal exactly what it was because a lot of fans were in an uproar because Bull said that Chambers could have played in that second half against Nevada and uh, I don't know if that was ever really the case. And now that we know, luckily he didn't go in in that second half. Yeah, add insult to injury to that injury. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad yep. uh, glad of it. Uh, well, uh, we've got ourselves uh, a game coming up this weekend, and I understand that, um, Cody, you're going to make a, what, 12, 13-hour drive up to Boise? Yeah, 12 hours, but you know how these Wyoming winners are. I'm glad, uh, you know, the God's smiling down on this weekend because it's going to be clear and dry and windless, allegedly, the whole way there. So uh, I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm uh, I'm very thankful for that. Well, here, uh, you'll be hearing this uh, song when you go up there. So let me play this to open up this uh, part of the uh, podcast. That's the Boise State fight song. So the Wyoming Cowboys travel up to Boise, Idaho to face Boise State in Albertson Stadium. Uh, this is a real critical game for the Cowboys. Um, we've never beaten uh, Boise in Boise as far as I know. So... Um, uh, we've we've got our uh, backup quarterback in there, and uh, so it's uh, it's uh, really going to be a challenge, I think. Well, the Cowboys have uh, only beaten Boise State one time, and that was that great game a couple years ago with the safety dance that helped uh, lead Wyoming into the Mountain West Conference Championship game. And I don't think there's any doubt that this season, the road to the Mountain West Conference Championship game goes through Boise. Uh, for the Cowboys, you know, if they win this game, they're going to be really in a fairly good position. They're still going to have some 
a strong competition head, obviously, but they're going to really be in, in control of their own destiny. And I think it can really help lead momentum to potentially another Mountain Division title and the chance to win the Mountain West Conference Championship. So this is, as far as I'm concerned, this is really what this is about. A game on national TV, you know, when Bull was hired a few years back, we wanted to play in these type of games in November where, you know, ESPN was willing to pick this game to be on their main network. We had two weeks to get ready for this game. I just really expect the Cowboys to put everything on the on the table to try to beat Boise State. Uh, Boise State is a 14-point favorite, by the way, and that line has gone up from something like 11 and a half to 14 so the betters are obviously rooting for uh, Boise but I'm I'm hoping the Cowboys have some intangibles uh, play with that extra edge and just you know I think game's going to come down to getting some turnovers and uh, making some big plays that type of thing so so what do we know about Boise uh, Cody have you looked at them yet yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, really solid across the board as usual. They have a freshman quarterback, true freshman, Hank Bachmeyer, who he's actually had the tar beat out of him all year. He's been sacked 15 times. He's been hit like something crazy, like 70 plus times. Um, but he's making plays, and he was one of their highly, most highly touted recruits in the history of the program. So um, he's very serviceable. And they have four wide receivers who have more than 400 yards receiving. Um, another big hoss in the backfield. They got two or three of those. And then on the defensive side, they got a cat named Curtis Weaver, who's just uh, nothing short of incredible. He'll probably be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Uh, I think Craig Bull called him a big rascal during his uh, weekly press conference. But this guy uh, has 10 and a half sacks and is already, the as a junior, the all-time leading sacker in, in Mountain West history. So um, Boise State is not uh, – you know, they, they've been beat in the secondary. Uh, San Jose State beat them up pretty bad in the secondary last week. Josh Love had a heck of a game. Um, so that's where, that's where kind of like the Cowboys, that's kind of been their bugaboo is in the, uh, in the secondary. But Boise State's really good on third down. They're really good at getting off the field on third down, which is something the Cowboys are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to do. They're going to have to put together drives, and they're going to have to pick up some third downs. Uh, but uh, Boise State, this you know, if there's a time to go up and beat a Boise State team, this is probably it. Um, another telling stat, in my opinion, is they're a zero in the plus-minus when it comes to turnovers. They're giving the ball away just as much as they're taking it. Uh, that's not really a staple, staple of a Boise State team. So, um, yeah, obviously, they lost to BYU, a team they should have never lost to. And then they had a, you know, they had a 52-42 shootout with, with San Jose State. Uh, which, you know, if somebody would have said that before the beginning of the year, we would have called them crazy. So um, if there's a time to, to beat the Broncos, this is the best time, of, the best time of any, especially up there on the turf, the blue turf. Well, we've got, uh, as we've said, Tyler Vanderwall, the uh, backup. He had been a starter last year, replaced by Chambers, and now he's coming in to take over for Chambers again. Uh, he's got more experience, uh, obviously, Uh What's your confidence level, uh, Ian? Well, um, I don't know if it's uh, as confident I would be if Sean Chambers was the quarterback, but um, I try to look back on last year, and I know he's matured a year. And the one thing I noticed about him, he does have a lively arm. He's a big, strong quarterback, and he does have the ability to run some uh, better than some of our past quarterbacks, obviously not Sean Chambers. But um, I think he has enough of, of a mix of a, a – potential at quarterback but I really like his arm I, I just uh, if he can be accurate uh, 
you know, put the ball, not get dazzled. Or I'm trying to think the word last year where he just seemed like he got a little out of, you know, mentally was out of it at times last year, the Hawaii game specifically, but he is a year older. So if he can keep that under control, um, he, he does have the arm to get, get the ball down the field and he can make some plays with his feet and um, but he'll he'll need a team effort by everybody. Everybody's going to have to come to play on Saturday night. Everybody's going to have to come with their A game and support the quarterback. And as long as he's not making mistakes and missing on too many passes, just making making the simple plays that he can make, I think he'll do a good enough job. Hopefully. Now I saw some reference on the board here today, uh, some uh, comments that he made or some quotes that came out. Uh, some people were concerned about bulletin board material. Uh, Cody, do you know anything about that? Uh, yeah, that was my story. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of thought the right. same thing. <laughs> I kind of thought the same thing, Jeff, when I was talking to him, he was so confident and he just said, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about these guys. I'm not, I know what they do defensively. I played against them last year and he did have a pretty good game against them last year. I believe 15 for 25 for 212 or something in a touchdown, but he got sacked five times. Nobody else did anything. So um, he is confident. He, the last year, he told me that he would make a, uh, you know, he would have an overthrow or an underthrow and that would affect the rest of the drive. He said, now he's coming in with that air force mentality he had last year of just screw it. Let's go out and wing it. And uh, he's really excited about that. He's really excited about this opportunity to get what he calls, you know, his job back. So uh I, I don't know. I mean, he's saying all the all the right things and all the things to make you confident. But he also he knows there's doubters and he hears it and he reads it. And and he just told me about them. Uh, tell them just to wait and see. Well, I, I'd rather have him like that than uh, hiding behind the couch or something or, you know, <laughs> or under the bed. <laughs> hiding, so. behind the, hiding behind the ref and asking, yeah. begging him to blow the whistle. Yeah, something like that. I'd rather have the confidence, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you on that because last year he, I think he was a little tentative in some of the early games last year. And I do think that, Air, like Cody mentioned, I think that Air Force game may have taken the lid off for him a little bit, even though he didn't come back and have a great game against New Mexico the following week, um, passing the football. But the Cowboys really didn't need him to be great against New Mexico. But I, I'm hoping that the confidence he got from the Air Force game throughout the off season into this year because we really haven't seen a whole lot of him we've just seen parts of his his game uh with the two games he was in this year so i'm i'm hoping that uh, he's ready he's being cocky or confident at least and he's going to come out and really you know show show because we see this in sports all the time you know where we're, players are not expected to do something by a lot of the fans and then they come up and they prove everybody wrong and have that have a great game and i'm kind of hoping that's the scenario with him well, you know, well, like you said, oh, sorry, Jeff. Oh, no, I was, I was just saying, like, <laughs> like you said, Ian, uh, you know, he doesn't need to have any kind of superhero effort in Boise. He just needs to make the plays that, that are there. And, and as long as we're as long as the Cowboys are running the ball and playing the defense they've been playing and, and the offensive lines doing what they're doing, he doesn't need to do anything crazy. Just go out and make the plays that are there. And, you know, keep some drives alive and maybe pop one, two, three, uh, you know, special plays that'll, you know, that that maybe, uh, you know, a normal quarterback couldn't make. Go out and make those couple of few plays during the game, and I think they'll be in great shape. Yeah, it really takes um, – winning football games are hard, and uh, it really takes uh, 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 some fortunate plays, I think, all the time, especially against a team like Boise. 
you know, and so um, uh, I certainly think they can do it, especially since it's a team game. And you mentioned the defense. I, I have a lot of confidence in the defense. But, uh, you know, the quarterback needs some help. And uh, Valaday, uh, if he's got his game on and uh, the offensive line is is uh, doing their job, um, like you said, I think uh, uh, they certainly are not – it's not a hopeless thing. I think they really do have a chance to win this. Well, uh, defensive coordinator Jake Dykert, or Dickert, I guess, is Dickert, is that right? Correct. Uh, pronounced correctly. Sorry about that. Um, he is. Uh, I listened to his uh, uh, interview a little bit, and he he thinks one of the two keys he really brought up, and it makes a lot of sense to me. And I'd like to hear Cody's uh, thought on this. But he said the Cowboys need to force some turnovers, be opportunistic with getting some turnovers. He really likes the way the defensive line's been playing. Believes they're very active. They played a ten-man rotation, which. I can't remember a Wyoming football team ever having this much depth on the offensive line, but they, they, they stay fresh. They've been active uh, to maybe force uh, those guys in some turnovers or young quarterback and some turnovers, though he's played well. And then he says the other thing that Wyoming really needs to work on for this particular game is to limit the big plays from Boise state, not give a whole lot of big plays up, maybe a couple, but don't make that a, a common thread. If they can do those two things, they're, that they're going to put themselves in probably pretty good position uh, as long as um, the offense is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, uh, we'd like to have some big plays ourselves. I mean, it's about uh, time we break uh, one of those uh, punt returns for a six. Uh, we haven't had a uh, – I don't know if we've, we've – we haven't had a close one yet. I think uh, – well, we've had a fairly couple of good runs, but that would be nice. Um, yeah, Austin Conway uh, had a heck of a day against Nevada. You know, it was one of those deals where it's like, man, one of these he's going to pop, at least for a big one. But, uh, yeah, you know, the scariest part for me, fellas, is, you know, obviously Wyoming secondary has had a, had a rough one this year. And uh, the last three weeks they've played much better. But is that because of the competition they've played against? You know, UNLV, New Mexico, and Nevada aren't exactly tearing it up. But, uh you know, the, the secondary, the scary part is the depth back there. Uh, like you mentioned, I, and the depth on the defensive line is fantastic. The depth in the secondary is non-existent. Um, you know, Jordan Murray had to burn his red shirt. He's playing good ball. But the guy I'm most interested in seeing step up this week is Tyler Hall. Because even against New Mexico and against Nevada and against UNLV, he's kind of had a tough few weeks. Um, he hasn't been that elite ball hawking corner, you know, cover shutdown corner that we saw at Texas State. And they need that because Boise State's four or five deep when it comes to wide receivers and their running backs can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, you're right about uh, Hall because ever since he got the concussion against Tulsa, I think he missed the, the game after that or maybe a game or two after that. He doesn't seem to be quite uh, – quite the spark that he's had before ever since he was knocked out of that particular game and went in the concussion protocols and and going into the season he was really one of the cowboys best defensive players in terms of playmaking and you know coverage you know doing the man-on-man coverage type situation so he's a he's definitely a guy who's gonna have to step up and you know take his game up to his normal level what hurts too is after that concussion, guys. He hasn't he hasn't returned one kick since, and not that there's a lot of opportunities to return kicks anymore. But he was dynamic in that position, and I they have uh, decided to go with Dante Crow and and Rocket Ishmael back there. 
uh, instead of Tyler. So uh, the concussion was probably a little worse than any of us even know. I would I would assume anyway. Well, uh, you know the concussion thing. Uh, I really uh, feel like you know if a player uh, uh, has one of those, that they really ought to be careful. So I, I really see that. So uh, it's understandable. But I, yeah. you know, we've got four games left, and we've got this redshirt freshman four-game rule. So uh, I'm starting to think: Is there anybody on the uh, true freshman uh, roster that might see some playing time? Cody. Well, I I don't see how we don't see um, Alfonso Andrews this weekend, the young true freshman running back out of St. Louis. Um, no offense to Jeff Burrows or Brett Brinton, but. Uh, that's the scary part too. Who who's behind Valaday right now? Uh, Titus Wynn is expected to be back for the CSU game. Trey Smith a week behind that for the Air Force game. So, who's going to back up Valaday right now? I don't think it's Burroughs. You know, I don't think it's Britton. We got to see what this Andrews kid can do. He was highly, highly recruited, and you can probably speak more to that, Ian. But there's also a couple of guys, a, a guy by the last name of Glinton, who's a and uh, Roberson. Those are a couple of secondary players that. I can see them coming in simply to give these other guys a blow uh, because, man, uh, the secondary is razor thin. Yeah, you're right about Andrews. He was a very highly recruited guy. Of course, Wyoming brought in three pretty good backs with Swin, McAllen, and uh, the other guy, uh, Andrews, who we're talking about. So I was going to ask you, Cody, uh, I'm kind of interesting why Bull hasn't inserted uh, him to this point, Andrews, into the rotation. Is he really saving him for that four-game redshirt rule, you think? Is is he available? Is he producing enough in practice to play, or is he just not up to standard right now? What's your opinion? Um, I, I think uh, Bulls even alluded to it that uh, he is going to, you know, he is a good player. He's he's done some good things in practice. Swin just simply beat him out of the spring or out of the fall camp. But uh, I honestly think, and this is total speculation by me, I think Wyoming coaches looked at the schedule and said, we can beat New Mexico. We can beat UNLV. We can beat Nevada. I don't think we need a Herculean effort against those guys either, but I bet Andrews was on standby, you know, just in case I know he's been dressing, but uh, now is the gauntlet. So it's time to, you know, get him in and what better way to get ready for your uh, red shirt freshman year than to play four games like this. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good information you just supplied there, Cody, because I know there's a lot of the fans are really deep into this football program and the roster, all that have been wondering about this. And I've been wondering about it, too. And it's it's a good to hear that you said that he was at least being dressed up and he is an option um, because we know he, he apparently has the athletic talent to be put out there. And we've seen Bull do this in the past where he, you know, late in the season, he inserts somebody in the last four games. He did that last year, but even did that with Brian Hill a couple years ago when he got a couple carries and all suddenly out of nowhere the Fresno State game he became the main offensive guy that the ball was going to he's running the football and he had that explosion game against Fresno State to open up his uh, career so to speak so I'm always hoping for something like this to happen uh, that maybe Andrews is does can get in there because we do need to have some depth at running back right now that's a, a big concern here because uh, the Valade goes down we don't got a lot of punch if, if Andrews is not not the answer. Also, I was going to ask you about the wide receivers. Is there a shot? I know there were some talented wide receivers the Cowboys had recruited that had some size and speed. Do you think we might see one or two of those guys? Yeah, um, I, I can't think of the name right now. Maybe Brown. 
is the last name. Um, he's yeah, a kid out of Texas. Track. Yeah, yeah, I could see him suiting up as well. I wrote a story about this last week who we might see, and I, I think he's a guy we could see. I talked to wide receiver coach Mike Grant a couple of weeks ago, and he said they're really excited about their youngsters. And I said, you know, I'm going to be blunt with you, coach. Uh, are we going to see these guys, please, because of how things were going at the time, you know? Uh, so so I think we, I, I think there's a very good shot we're going to see one or two of those guys, and why not? You know, this is such a great new rule by the NCAA. Why not take full advantage of this? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm also uh, happy, sorry to interrupt you, uh, Jeff, there, but I had one more comment. i happy to hear that uh, Zach Watts is back into the mix, and Alonzo Valaquez is actually short-term injury that he can get back into the mix. I think that's pretty big for the Cowboys to have that insurance on the offensive line just in case somebody else goes down zach watts is really developing into one of wyoming's best offensive linemen last year and then he had that injury situation in the spring football and i know that he hasn't played in a while but it's good to have him back back into the lineup do you see do you see those two guys getting in or is bowl just going to use them as kind of an insurance backup situation well i was asked about this earlier on the radio and uh what I, my thoughts are is Frank Crum has done a very serviceable job on the line. He's a very young kid. He's playing right tackle. But if they if Boise State's smart, they're going to put that Weaver kid right over right over Crum, and they're really going to test him. So if I could see anybody playing, I could see Velasquez coming in to spell Crum and and help him out. I could also see Jackson Marcotte over there doing some chipping, and even Valaday doing some chipping, and and Miller and those kind of guys in the backfield because this Weaver guy's for real, guys. He's He's really good, and you know he's going to try and find the weak spot on that offensive line. And if you're going to say there's a weak spot right now, it's got to be Chrome simply because of experience. Yeah, well, I, I hope you have a, a plan for him. Uh, of course, we've got a pretty good uh, linebacking core uh, back there. So uh, on our defense, what I'm saying, but on the offense, yeah, oh, boy. Well, anyway. Well, Boise State, like you mentioned, Jeff, Boise State always has a player or two that just, you know, their first round, second round, third round draft pick, they had a linebacker playing for the Dallas Cowboys. They got drafted in the first round the same year Josh Allen did. So they, we just know that they got some talent. But fortunately, I, I, our offensive line has progressed enough over the last 12 months that, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable. But, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that could really disrupt something in some really key portions of the game, too. So I'm, I'm, that's a great point there, Cody. Well, and to me, guys, Bart Miller is the first-year offensive line coach for the Cowboys, and he's worth his weight in gold. Um, this guy used to be the offensive line coach for Minnesota, Wisconsin. When you think about college offensive lines, those are two of the first ones that pop in my mind. So um, how the Cowboys even got this guy – is just incredible and uh, they need to pay him whatever he's worth every penny. So uh, this offensive line is uh, what's a nice way to say this. They're playing with uh, a lot of confidence, but also they're kind of brash and they're kind of mean and uh, they're everything you want out of an offensive line. Something you would expect like a big 10, a filthy mean, big, you know, big 10 offensive line to look like. So it's a really nice change. And even bull has mentioned that. Well, well, this is what Bowl said he wanted to bring in when he got hired. He said he wanted a great offensive line that will control and be mean, control the line of scrimmage, and and now we're starting to see it come into fruition finally. Well, um, I tell you, the Poke Nation out there, at least the guys on the board, there's been a lot of 
we're two, we're six and two, but there's been a lot of impatience with <laughs> with this team. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, they can show them something this weekend and uh, keep the natives happy. Well, Jeff, the funny part about that is I hear it too, just like all you guys do is, oh, get Sean Chambers out of there. Get Tyler Vanderwall in there. Get somebody in there who can throw the ball. Then they find out Sean Chambers is out for the year, and it's like, oh, my God, the season is over. What are we going to do? And it's like, <laughs> weren't you just clamoring for him last week? Now here he is. Yeah, now you got him. So here he is. Yep. Um <laughs> Well, football is like that, though. It's a, it's hard to get a guy, uh, especially a running quarterback like we have, uh, get him through the entire season. Uh, so, you know. Um, yeah, and Bull talked about that, too. I, I think you listened in on the press conference, Jeff, but, uh, you know, he talked about that, how much he hates to see quarterbacks run out of bounds and how it just pains him to watch that, but how maybe he's the one who needs to change his, his views because – this is two season-ending injuries in a row to a guy's legs who's a horse and who that's, you know, arguably that's his, you know, forte running the ball. And that's two major leg injuries in a row. So, you know, they've got – but what do you do? You don't want to tame Sean Chambers either and tell him not to do some of the things that make him so special. It's just – it's one of those weird dilemmas. Yeah. Well, that's actually been three years in a row that we've uh, lost quarterback and Air Force knocked two our quarterbacks out. I know Sean's was a little bit different last year. I think he, something happened there, but um, you know, it's, we've, we've lost three quarterbacks and it does derail the season a little bit when that happens, but we did end up four and O last year. So we were okay last year with it, but it's important to have a really steady backup in there. That's ready to step in. There's, there's very important to have that position. And that's when Vanderwall is going to be inserted and needs to step his game up. Well, you couldn't ask for much more, could you, fellas, from a backup college quarterback at this point? I mean, Wyoming's in a pretty advantageous position to have a guy who has nine starts under his belt be the backup coming into Boise State and down this tough four-game stretch. Well, that's what I tried to explain on the message board this week. You know, I take let's take a universal perspective of this. We have a backup quarterback who does have experience. He, you know, he's been in the program for two years. He got, you know, nine starts last year, as you mentioned, Cody, type of situation. And we, we're in a lot better shape than we could be with this scenario than, than people realize. Because in, in the past, you get a quarterback goes down, your season could be definitely derailed quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty hopeful. Uh, I think uh, Tyler certainly can do it, and uh, he gets some help. Uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm guardedly optimistic about this game. I it, it is Boise after all, but uh, they're harder in hell to beat. Uh, but uh, they're kind they're kind of like our they kind of replace BYU for me as that one team that's always just a real pain to have to play, and they're hard to beat. But it's really it's really nice when we do. So we're looking. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game and uh, hopefully a, a nice uh, outcome for it. Yeah, they. You know, the thing with Tyler Vanderwall is I think he needs to trust his running ability. Ian alluded to it. He can run the ball. He needs to run the ball. There's going to be times where he needs to run. He just needs to go. And against Nevada, he had a chance to pick up a big first down. He took the wrong turn, ended up going out of bounds and not picking up the first down. You know, kind of like how he talked about how he needs to just let it rip uh, as far as throwing. He kind of needs to do the same as far as running. 
when it's time to run, just go, man, just, just go. And he's very, we've seen, he's very hesitant to do that except for against air force last year. He, he had a couple of big, big drive saving runs there that, you know, Wyoming goes three and out or, or gives up the ball on one of those possessions. Wyoming loses that game. Uh, yeah. He did let it rip last year and he needs to play that way. Yeah. Well, uh, sometimes you play afraid of making a mistake. Maybe you need to yeah. sometimes play and not worry about making mistakes. And uh, that's easy for me yeah. to say at 65 over here in yeah. shape. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you nailed it though, Jeff. I think you've nailed it right there that it's, that's, I think the line right there with Tan, uh, Tyler is that he, he does tend to play worried about making mistakes. And now it's just about playing with that flow and confidence, not worrying about making mistakes. And I think in Cody's interview, if I'm, correct on this he maybe have mentioned that a little bit so you know yeah. just go out there and play football don't be afraid to make mistakes and um if you can do that i think he'll do a pretty good job well on that note i guess um i guess we can wrap this one up i have to do it a little shorter podcast today because uh i'm uh not like um cody who's driving 13 hours i'm driving three and a half hours to go see virginia tech with my son and then uh, be able to get back in time to listen to um, uh, the Cowboys or watch the Cowboys play. So I'll have a, a big football day uh, coming up. But uh, I need to wrap this up. So you know what I do. You know my uh, favorite thing to do at the end of this. I go over here. Ah, yeah, there we go. Ah, very good. Very good. So there you have it. Podcast number seven, Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Want to thank Cody Tucker from 7220 Sports. Thank you, uh, Cody. Thanks for having me. And I want to thank Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I Go. Uh, Ian, uh, you're going to enjoy the game at home this uh, weekend, I understand. Yeah, I'm going to have my own primer, have some buddies over that are big Wyoming fans, um, maybe go to the establishment, have a couple of drinks, take Uber back over here. So I'm going to make it a fun time. I'm looking forward to this. And then for us basketball fans, the Cowboys play at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning against South Carolina, and that's going to be on the SEC TV network. So being a Wyoming fan, there's going to be a lot of chance to view Cowboys in about a 12 to 14 hour window. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, very good. Very good. And uh, all right. Well, let's just take her on out of here and uh, we'll see you next week to talk about our victory over Boise. There you have it, the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Come back next week when we'll talk Wyoming football on Cowboy Roundtable. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.